day 175. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. I'm John. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to us to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So Song of Songs, uh, chapter five through eight. Um, yeah. Second and last episode of this one. Right. And just basically, man, I, I came away with, yeah, just the themes of love we see, idealize uh, the intense desire and longing it could present in us. Right. And in the beginning of chapter five, you have this really weird scene. Mm-hmm. And some would say like it's literal. Some would say it's not. Some would say it's a dream. I tend to lean more on the dream side. But yeah. I think regardless of what you say, you see that there's this distance between the two. Right. And there's this need uh to come together. So early in chapter four, I don't think I mentioned it. Many would say uh, that, I think in chapter three, actually, they got married. Yeah. Right. Consummation. Consummation there. happens. They get yeah. married. They enjoy the physical intimacy with one another. Yeah. And then in five, you see this separation between the two. Right. Right. And so what I just took from that is like, man, like, yeah, the Bible starts with Genesis one, but Genesis three did still happen. <laughs> right. Right. right, so, right. So there's this aspect of like, it's not just, oh, they live happily ever, ever after, after right. on this side of heaven. Yeah. Um, and, and you just see the need to resolve conflict, the need for reconciliation, and the need to, uh, yeah, kind of like deal with pain and, and suffering and hardship mm. in marriage as well. Yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. In this first chapter. So uh, we should adjust our expectations accordingly, right? Just because right. something is an ideal, just because God's will even is for two people, man and women, to enjoy marriage together, uh, you know, we shouldn't be fooled to think that right. <laughs> nothing's going to go wrong. Yeah. 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 Man, throughout this whole book, as we've like just read and reflected on it, man, I, I think, yo, you know, we've talked about that, uh, you know, the Bible is a book about God, but not every book teaches us about God in the exact same way. Uh, one of the things that I just learned here is I'm just reading and reflecting on uh, the way they affirm one another, right? Like this open, free, intimate, honest relationship where they're vulnerable and expressing things. Uh, this book points to God and the goodness of God, not just as a metaphor, right? God is the husband, the church is the bride. But I do think that it points to God ultimately as just the giver of good gifts, man, that God wants us to experience life in full color, right? Through marriage and sex and relational intimacy and beauty. Like God didn't just make a functional world. God made a beautiful one. And mm-hmm. that shows not just the beauty, but the goodness of God and that he would give us a chance to experience that beauty, right? So, man, as I've looked at this book and as I've read and have just been overcome by the compelling vision, right, the, it, there's a few things that that, that uh, take place. Uh, in the church so often, I do think people have elevated marriage to mm-hmm. a point that it shouldn't be where people come in and they feel like I am somehow less than whole or not fully who I am because Mm -hmm. I'm still single. And I think that that's wrong, right? Right. Jesus, Paul were never married. They didn't 
experienced this, but they weren't less whole, right? So I don't think marriage should be elevated, but I do think in our attempts to overcorrect, sometimes we demean it, right? And make mm-hmm. it seem like, no, this is not something very, very special that the Lord had created, right? So I don't want to prop it up to a place that it shouldn't go, but I don't want to demean it and act like it's nothing. And for somebody that's been, yeah, married for, mm. yeah, 14 years, man, I read this and I was just, you know, it led me to worship and to thank God for the gift that he gave mm. and to remind me not to take for granted the beautiful gifts that God has, that God gave us life in full color. God wants us to enjoy this life fully and not squander it, right? And that's some of the best wisdom that you can yeah, get. Yeah, I think, uh, man, you know, a few last few things, man, it's just that like they have this riff where right. they're like separated mm-hmm. and they long to come back together. And once uh, that happens, they come back together and they pursue each other even more. And I just thought about, man, like intimate pursuit of one another like mm. doesn't stop after the vows end. Right. That's when they start. Start, right? right. Yeah, that's yep. when they start. So like after you get married, that's when you really, right, <laughs> right really want to still continue to pursue, date your wife, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, But also too, man, just the idea that, you know, they don't let their gaze, and we've said it in a kind yeah. of other ways, but they don't let their gaze for their partner keep them from looking up, right? Right. So it's just yeah. this aspect of like, man, over and over, you just see the biblical imagery. And I think ultimately, like this book does, right? It is a, a real love story, but right. it's about the truest love story, right? Absolutely. God and Israel, right? Yeah. Christ and the church. Church. And it's it's the perfect love. That's the perfect love story that these love stories are meant to reflect, right? Yep. It's not, you know, ours is primary center, uh, front and center uh, of the universe, but God's is Jesus dying yeah. for his people, yeah. uh, loving them to the end. Amen. And that's what I love most about how this story ends, that if you read the end of the book, it doesn't really end. It's a mm-hmm. cliffhanger and it just kind of shows us, hey, this like love story, it's ongoing. It's going to Amen. continue to go on and on and on. And that's the beauty of right love that... Uh, assures our God is love, that the truest form and expression of this love is something eternal. There is not going to be an end date that this relationship that we enjoy with God and the relationships that we enjoy with other people, right? In Mm. eternity, those things don't end. And so the best part of a love story is like, man, when you're caught up and enraptured by something that's so good, right? There's something inside of you that's fearful of, this is going to end. They're going to die. They're going to leave. They're this. But the truest love story, the best part is that we can look up and say, um, there is not going to be an end. So we never have to fear it. And we can spend our present and our days fully enjoying this world and the new world that God's going to make in full color. Yeah. Yeah, man. Your Bible... Listen, your Bible starts and ends with the marriage. <laughs> yeah. Right? Amen. So even if you're a single and you never get to experience an earthly marriage, yeah, you have an eternal one. <laughs> mm. 
Right. And all of our earthly ones are going to end, right? Yep, yep. We have an eternal one, and that's the reason why we praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the beauty of what you've done in making life in full color. I pray that you would help us, uh, Lord, to uh, not take for granted the beauty of the love relationships that we have. Um, and I pray that if we're not there yet, that we would wait in eager expectation and hope that you would give us the strength yes. to have a vision for the goodness of what you've done and to be patient, Lord. Um, and even if it never comes this side of eternity, would you remind us uh, that you haven't done us any wrong, Lord. I yes, pray that God. we would be patient in hope, fulfilled constantly in you, taking advantage of all the things that you've put across our pathway. It's in Jesus' name.